All right, it's Friday. Glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you ever want to be a part of this uh, program today. And uh, we got a lot coming up in the course of this program. Um, i got to start with, I know so many of you, and even many of you that went to the rally earlier in the week, uh, are living a, a level of frustration you probably have never felt before in your life. And... You know, when you're falsely accused of things, it's 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 understandable. Now, we watched about one percent of people and we're beginning to be we're, we're trying to piece together exactly, you know, who some of the leaders agitators were as they raced into the Capitol building, et cetera. And they will be held accountable for their actions. Um, but there's always this desire to paint with a broad brush. When 99% of the people traveled to Washington for reasons I have outlined repeatedly on this program and on TV um, about how they feel about things. There's, you know, when you have 83% of the American people feeling one way about an election in one party and, you know, about 30% of independents and millions even in the opposition party, um, there's something to it and the whole purpose of what they were doing trying to do in the house on the sixth now it's the eighth two days ago um was to try and say okay we hear you we, we need to look at it we want a 10-day commission that's that's what that was all about and and then when you are watching and listening and hearing you know Every good American, we've been consistent on this program when there was violence going on, rioting going on, the burning down of our city, cities, blocks being taken over, et cetera, et cetera. We, we condemn those that that did these specific acts and the same about the one percent, not the ninety nine percent of people that went to peacefully protest. We're not denying what happened the way Democrats did. Over the summer, what we saw before our very eyes, our eyes were not lying to us. And in part, there's, there's an agenda to everything that people do and say. And, you know, what really I think has gotten a lot of people upset is not only the 99%. And, and let me remind everybody, it was not the most pleasant task in my career to have to really unpeel every layer of the onion. And it took almost three years to do it to expose corruption and abuse of power. And, and by the way, proven right now multiple times on every level um, uh, as it relates to people in an organization, for example, the FBI, one that I revere. And but so I, I made a, a determined effort. If you're a regular listener, if you're a regular viewer of Hannity, I made a determined effort to isolate and separate the 99% versus the 1%. Because people in the FBI, the overwhelming vast majority are good, honorable people that serve their country and many of them putting their life at risk every day. The same with the intelligence community. There's a reason I have an FBI pin that I wear on Hannity every night and an intelligence pin I also wear on, on Hannity every night. It's actually, you know, for the 99% because we spent a lot of time having to go after people that did abuse their power. Oh, knowing what we know now, we'd never have uh, signed those FISA warrants we signed, you know, that we never verified, that we that we told the FISA court was verified. 
And even when they knew it was unverifiable and debunked and false, they kept going ahead with their scheme to spy on a a presidential candidate and a president. And for the record, not one Democrat that I can think of and nobody in the media mob that I can think of short of me and a couple of others, some of us on talk radio, just a couple on Fox that spoke out against it. You know, you look at fake news, CNN, they just lie with abandon to the American people for three. Well, really longer when you include it, when it's all encompassing, just lied every day. Did they ever admit that they were wrong? Ever correct? No. How much damage does that do to the country? Does a lot. Um, It's destructive. It's hateful. And so people that that went there, law, hardworking, law abiding, uh, Honest American citizens that were peacefully protesting, they get painted with a broad brush. I'm, I'm not somebody that does that. I didn't do it in the case of the FBI. I can say pretty accurately that pretty much the media mob now is they speak with one group think voice. Few rare exceptions in the media. I can name some if you want. We can go down that road if you feel like calling in and asking me. I have names of a few that are actually pretty fair. Cheryl Atkinson would be one. Uh, Catherine Herridge, I think, does a good job. She used to be a colleague at Fox. She's now at CBS. Um, but I'm not going to go down the whole list. But you could just you just know that they have an agenda. They they all pushed the phony Russia hoax conspiracy. They all ignored Hillary's dirty Russian dossier, breathtaking hypocrisy. They never criticized those that abused power at the, at the highest levels in the FBI. You know the same thing with with. Ukraine and Hunter Biden and and Joe Biden and quid pro quos. You know, they impeached the president over one phone call with one fact witness. The phone call was fine. The fact witness said, no, there was no quid pro quo. You create a, a, a lot of movement and a lot of noise. And, you know, Americans begin to think something nefarious happened. It never happened. You know, they'll vet Trump till the day goes home. When did Joe Biden really ever get tough questions? Um. Anyway, so no American liked what we saw at the Capitol, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. We need to get to the bottom of it, although I don't know. If you put John Durham in charge of it, we may never get to the bottom of anything. It'll just you know, be an investigation in perpetuity. You know, Americans, all of us as conservatives, we love this country. We believe in this country. There's no greater country that God has ever given man. Americans, you know, every conservative I know respects and honors law enforcement. You know, you watch the violence that took place over the summer and the excuses that were made by by many in the media, many Democrats. It's breathtaking. I'll play some of it. And, you know, I watch and I listen and we chronicle this. I think we probably do more than anybody else. But, I mean, you literally now we're at a point where you could have, you have big tech companies deciding to outright censor anybody whose opinions they don't like. It's that bad, and yet get liability protections that are not afforded to anyone else in the media, which, by the way, is a huge cost reduction to them. And, and also, you know, they would then become editors like any news organization, of which I'm a part of, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, um. And then you, now we're gonna now we're gonna silence Josh Hawley's book. I'm like, really? He's about this very topic. And you know, if you 
there are a lot of institutional forces I've been warning you about way before this election that don't particularly like conservatives. This this statement by Anderson Cooper is revealing in that sense. Uh, yeah, they're going to go back to their Olive Garden or Holiday Inn or Courtyard Gardens. I mean, I love the Olive Garden. I like Walmart. You know, I like my Second Amendment rights and my Bible and God and my religion, too. And I'm not an irredeemable deplorable. And I actually take a shower every day and use deodorant. Um, but I go to Walmart. I like to shop at Walmart. And, you know, now people just with a broad brush, you've been, well, have you or, or have you ever supported Donald Trump? I mean, this is how crazy some of these people are taking it. And, you know, there is righteous indignation for all of the reasons that I have laid out on this program many, many times. We can go over them again today. You know, this country, whether we like it or not, I mean, it would be great if we all just got along, but we have very deep, a very deep divide and deep political differences. And and that's what this country right now is going through. It's gone through this many, many times. It's not unusual. But if you live in a country that has freedom of speech and assembly, you know, people are going to express those differences. Now, what happened over the summer was wrong. Uh, does that represent all Democrats? No, it doesn't. Does the guy that shot uh, Steve Scalise in the ball field represent Bernie Sanders? No, he doesn't. You know, we can does every the the people, the, the percentage of people that is minute compared to the massive crowd at the rally this week. Does that represent conservatives and Trump supporters? No, it does not. You know, and what what really I think a lot of this is rooted in is one of the things is, is that Donald Trump has fought back against the establishment. He has exposed this. You want to know how ugly the swamp is when you start draining it and you get to the tar at the bottom and the swamp creatures that are emerging out of that tar don't like being exposed and a little disinfectant. It's called sunlight and people become aware of, you know, just how bad the media is, quote, fake news, just how corrupt the Democratic Party is, what breathtaking hypocrisy they have, and they don't like it. And they have they have basically been on a never ending campaign since this guy and his his wife came down the escalator at Trump Tower five years ago. And, you know, because in large part, because he fought back and he exposed them. Does he is he a fighter for his views and his like, yeah, he is fierce. And he's he's had a backbone that probably stronger than all the Republicans in the party group together. And so, for example, was he just supposed to not fight back against Russia conspiracy lies and a hoax that he had conspired with a hostile regime to this country and a hostile actor, Vladimir Putin, to get elected over Hillary Clinton? No, I don't. I think he was right to fight back. Three long years of his presidency wasted on the country being told nothing but lies. And ironically, at the end of it, we find out, well, there was Russia collusion. It was a dirty Russian misinformation dossier, and Hillary Clinton paid for the thing. And then worse, the dirty Russian disinformation dossier, you can't make this up in a spy novel, was then used as the foundation and predicate to spy on candidate Trump, transition team Trump, and President Trump. Same with the Ukraine. Oh, quid pro quos. Okay, Joe Biden. 
if uh, you got uh, six hours. You're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor. That would be the prosecutor investigating his zero experience son. Goes on ABC, GMA, any experience in oil, gas, energy, Ukraine? Nope, 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 nope. Why do you think you got the millions? I don't know. It's only the tip of the iceberg. You can factor in Russia wire transfers, Kazakh transfers, other Ukrainian deals, China deals, China National, shopping spree, Bank of China, 1.5 billion. Nobody cared about exposing any of this. And there are people that, that have legitimate... You know, anger about what has been happening in the country. And they went to Washington and express it all. I tried to explain, do they care about the 99% of peaceful protesters? And so this is not going to end, unfortunately, the political disagreements. I'm just saying that anytime we disagree, we got to be, you got to do it peacefully. And then if people are not going to be peaceful, we're going to be consistent in calling it out. The Democrats weren't consistent this summer, and I'm going to prove it to you. When we get back, because I actually have a great memory, like an elephant. And I got a, I, I've got audio and videotape that nobody else will remind you of. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone numbers. You know, it's, you know, to deny that we don't have major, massive political differences and, and a very closely divided country just lying to ourselves doesn't mean... But but no American, good American, would want any of, of what we've seen over the summer and what we saw earlier this week. Nobody wants that. But, you know, we can't also, you know, ignore four years of lies and conspiracy theories, psychotic rage either. And but that's what, you know, these the self-righteous and self-righteous indignation that is feigned by the left. It's it's just utter hypocrisy. You know, and if when you when we I'll play this after the news at the bottom of the half hour, um, you know, how the left never even criticized violence over the summer and denied what our own eyes showed us or some of the unhinged rhetoric of their supporters, the biggest names of their supporters uh, against this president. Not a word, not a peep out of them. Celebrities calling for violence against the president. Madonna, Johnny Depp, Kathy Griffin, Robert De Niro. You know, you know, when they're down, we kick them, said Eric Holder or, you know, Maxine Waters. Get in their faces. I didn't see any outrage by the media mob. I didn't see any outrage by the Democratic Party either on any of this. I have a timeline. We're going to do it tonight on Hannity. I'm going to play some of it next on the other side of this. And the media mob saying, you know, wanting to impeach Trump from day one. They were calling for it. And, you know, basket of deplorables and, you know, anchors calling Trump supporters drug addicts and, and other anchors, you know, they'd smack their mothers in the face if Trump, Trump told them to. And 50 million jerks really suck as human beings. And, you know, we are smelly Walmart shoppers and we eat at Olive Garden. Good grief. And the double standard is breathtaking. You know, Biden and Harris themselves, you know, defending some of the most radical uh, acts by radical groups over the summer. And, you know, the double standard of what it is that they have said and done. It is spectacularly breathtaking, the hypocrisy. And it just reeks. I don't see anybody really willing to take a hard, honest look at it. We will do their job as usual. We'll continue. 
right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. You know, I'm just I'm just pointing out what is just such obvious, extreme, breathtaking hypocrisy. You know, uh, it, we, we, we've got all of the, the celebrities that love the Democratic Party and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the newly elected Ossoff and Warnock, et cetera, et cetera. Am I the only one that remembers the call for violence against President Trump? Madonna, Johnny Depp, Kathy Griffin holding the severed head, Robert De Niro wanting a punch in the face, you know, Donald Trump, Joe Biden wanted him to you know, take him in the back of the schoolyard or wherever the hell he is, you know, wanted to take him to have a fist fight. He's so tough. Um, and you know, this, this is their legacy. This is, these are the things that they have supported over time. Let me just play some of the highlights. Yes. I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the white house. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? (laughs) How dare he say the things he does? Of course I want to punch him in the face. Right. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. You see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. They go low, we kick I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. I'll put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. They'll tear him up. The press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. Imagine for any one second, any prominent conservative or any elected Republican ever saying any one of those individual things, what do you think the reaction would be? That's just part, a tiny part of their hypocrisy here. You know, listen to the media and Antifa, literally defending Antifa. And I I could go long. I'll give you the short version. What are they really? I know their name is anti-fascist. Do they only go after fascists or they go after anybody, say, in the global economic community they don't like? No, they are strictly principled anti-fascists. And what they see in the Trump administration and what they see happening in this country, they see, they see the neo-fascism that we see. A lot of people recognize that when pushed, self-defense is a legitimate response to white supremacist and neo-Nazi violence. American history. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. No organization is perfect, Antifa. They're not perfect. You know, I, I'll never forget. I mean, we, we've been showing it the last two nights on TV. You got an MSDNC reporter covering, you know, the mayhem and the rioting and the looting and the arson that took place over the summer. Literally right behind a live shot. There's fires everywhere. Mostly peaceful. Mostly, yeah, mostly peaceful. Or the, the, the still shot we have of this fake news CNN reporter. You know, behind it, just nothing but flames everywhere. But mostly peaceful. I mean, it's insane. You got the media, you got Democrats. All they did is downplay the violence and even denied it on a level that is like, huh? 
You think our own eyes deceive us? They don't. Listen. Respectfully, should that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. There's violence across the whole country. Do you disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now? There's that, riots? That, that, that's a myth that's being spread only in Washington, D.C. About Antifa in Portland? Yes. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up and they should not. This is a mostly protest. Uh, it is not, uh, it is not generally speaking unruly, but fires have been started. Perhaps this is uh, some sort of mechanism for a restructure in our country. A restructure. Uh, yeah, well, they're going to do what they're going to do, Pelosi said. This, the idea that this violence, that's a myth. Come on. That's not true. It's a myth. You know, Kamala Harris, you know, protests are not going to stop and should not stop. And then goes on. Everyone beware and take note of that. Huh? Oh. The very thing that they're just, they're feigning their outrage that they're saying that Donald J. Trump did it. I'm going to show all of this tonight on Hannity because the, it's 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 eye opening. You know, you, you look at the hatred, the contempt for the president, for, you know, for his supporters, you know, basket of deplorables, drug addicts, um, almost smelly Walmart shoppers, Olive Garden eaters now. I mean, it just never ends. It's stunning, and they're going to go back, you know, to the Olive Garden and to their the oh, Holiday Inn that they're staying at and the Garden Marriott, and they're going to have some drinks, and they're going to talk about the great day that they had in Washington, and they really did something and stand up for something, and they stood up for nothing other than mayhem. This is CNN. The Garden Marriott. Oh, let me correct the right. It's a courtyard you know, it's actually pretty funny to me. Courtyard Marriott and it's the Hilton Garden. Let's let's not milk. Let's not mix up our hotels here um, or Holiday Inn or Olive Garden. You know, Olive Garden, Olive Garden has the best salads. I love their salad. I love their garlic breadsticks. I love their desserts. You know, little kind of like donuts you put on. You can dip them in like chocolate or caramel, whatever you prefer. Pasta dishes. And they got everything. Not as good as Chris and Tony's, but I mean, it's just a great place. Um, especially when I was on the road a lot, you know, just like I love Waffle House. I can't pass. Ask anybody on my team if I can pass a Waffle House or an In-N-Out burger or a Cracker Barrel. I How can't. are you this skinny if you eat all this food? I'm not skinny. That's the problem. I mean, you know, I put on, you know, COVID-10 at least. Like I'm ordering so much food now because I love my friends in the restaurant business trying to support them. Um, anyway, but, you know, then, then, then yesterday you got Biden and Harris both, you know, claiming a double standard by cops in the U- U.S. It's it's I, I don't even know exactly what they're referring to. I mean, you've got this video of this former, you know, high ranking four tours of duty armed forces patriot veteran shot. Well, she's unarmed now. I granted, I didn't think anybody should have gone in the Capitol, but didn't deserve to get killed over it. And, you know, so it's selective moral outrage. Has anyone forgotten Kamala Harris, a massive supporter of the L.A. defund the police movement? You know, supporting the bail, raising money, bail funds 
in, in, in the wake of the Minneapolis riots. And Biden's staffers also supporting this idiotic bail fund. This all happened. What do I always say? Feign selective moral outrage. Double standard. You know, it was, um, it, it's, it's just painful. We really have a truth deficit in this country, the likes of which we've never had before. And, and it's, it's beyond troubling. Journalism I declared dead in 2007 and eight. This was probably the one example where I can almost speak with a broad brush and I don't like speaking with broad brushes. Hence the 99% in the FBI, the 99% in the intelligence community. You know, but if you look at the way Donald Trump and his supporters, you know, we can pull up my, my favorite cut of all was how they mocked and laughed and ridiculed the idea that Donald Trump would run. And then he won. And they never stopped attacking this man every single hour of every single day. You know, one of the challenges the mob is going to now face, all right, they'll have their, what, 120 days of Biden, and, oh, you're going to get a lot of this. So refreshing. It's not going to be long before it goes super viral. Miss me yet? Hashtag Trump 2024. Trust me. And then all of a sudden they're going to realize, wow, Joe is a lot slower than we thought. Maybe Hannity and some conservatives were not wrong in their criticism that he lost his fastball if he ever had one. That he looks weak and frail and we don't get to see him very often. I notice when he does his press conferences now, he, he pulls out his notes and he like flips to every section. Starts reading from the section because he probably forgot. Um, uh, what, are, what are you going to do if he forgets what job he has? Or what day of the week it is. Look, I'll do what he's unable to do. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure, isolate, and punish China. I know. How dare Hannity bring these things up? Just saying my humble observation. Um, time will tell. But the, the stated policies are outright scary for the country. And, you know, and, and that's why for a lot of you that just want to say the hell with it, you can't. There's too much at stake. Ah, uh, I'm going to retire. You know, well, it doesn't matter if you care about future generations. You know, what did Reagan say? Freedom is one generation away from extinction. I don't want it to be on our watch. This country is too great. Too many people have, you know, for the principles that make us great. And this is the most radical socialist agenda ever advanced by any major political party. It just is. So, you know, we have our challenges. We have our differences. And, you know, we're going to get through all of it. We'll get through all of it together. And, you know, they're always they're always bumps in the road. And I know, you know, it's funny because I've I've talked to a lot of people that were actually at the rally. And they said they actually were clear to me some. They said, yeah, I, I saw it was happening. I knew that would be trespassing. I wasn't going near that. Well, that's the 99%. You know, when you look at the left, do I think, uh, do, I think the, the leaders of the left, the Bidens, Kamala Harris's, and, and everybody in Washington, Pelosi and Nadler, they should have condemned the violence and the arson and the looting and the taking over of city blocks and police stations. And we shouldn't have been told this is, you know, the summer of love and a chop chaz autonomous zone. That can't happen either in America or when they're pulling down American statues. You want to change them? All right. Go through the legal process. Try and do it. That's the way things work in this country. And the same with those that enter the Capitol. 
Apparently some now reports that Nancy Pelosi's laptop may have been stolen. And another Democrat, Jeff Merkley, said rioters stole a laptop from his ransacked office. We we don't need to see this in this country. and We can prevent it. One of the biggest questions I think we need answered is how come we were not they were not prepared for this, knowing so many people were in town and knowing that they were marching from the monument straight on over to the Capitol. Anyone been to media pay attention that the president was condemning it at the time, was telling people to leave and be peaceful? Yes, they didn't want to pay attention to that. Um, anyway, so, you know, uh, let's impeach the president. That's what we're going to do. It was very interesting, the comments that Nikki Haley gave. Um, Ronna McDaniel's been the National Republic, Republican National Committee dinner in Florida. And she said about the president, I didn't always choose the right words. And I told them so at the time when these moments came up. Um, she didn't like the, the the rally, but she pointed out that that I'm one who believes our country made truly extraordinary gains in the last four years. And I'll, I, and Haley's right, Nikki Haley, uh, because conservatism works. That's the thing, you know. Nobody looks at the extraordinary success that this president has had. Nobody. Nobody looks that no president in history has ever had to go through as much as this guy's gone through. The media just ignoring, you know, calls for violence against the president. They never cared. You know, this idea of smelly Walmart Mart shoppers and Olive Guard eaters. And I mean, it's very revealing in terms of what they think of we the people. Well, those we the people people are the ones that make America great. People that get up every day and they go to their job and they provide goods and services for other and they obey laws, pay taxes. You know, and pretty much just want to just leave us alone with the rest of our lives. Let it raise their kids. They're good examples. Nobody's perfect, but they're good examples. Then you have a media that defended Antifa and a, and a media that defended the, the, the violence this summer. Now they're all lecturing everybody about how they really feel. Well, be consistent. We're consistent on this program. They've anything but consistent. We don't we, we care about Russian interference, not Hillary's dossier. Care about quid pro quos. Yeah, not Joe's quid pro quo with Ukraine. We care about Russian interference. We didn't care about the dossier. We don't care about premeditated fraud on a FISA court spying on a president. We don't care about Hunter, the money wire transfers from an oligarch in Russia or Kazakhstan or a Chinese national shopping spree. We don't care about any of it. But if it was Trump, we'll care about all of it. And, you know, that gets frustrating for people. Frustrating to me, I'll tell you that. Um... But, you know, I'm just going to tell you something. You Mark my words, they're going to overreach. And the country is not going to like it. It's a center-right country. And then we'll have an opportunity to get back in power. In the meantime, you try and, you know, fight for the values, make people aware of everything that we don't agree with peacefully. Something they should have called for in the last four years, and they didn't. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I mean, censorship here, there, and everywhere. It's amazing, isn't it? The short-term memory, we don't even have to go back a full year. And you got Democrats, you got the media mob. You know, they're the, the way that they have defended 
and not spoken out against, you know, violence in the streets of major cities in America. It's pretty unbelievable. I We even have specific instances of them, you know, defending Antifa or Antifa, if you prefer. Let me let me play that one first. They are strictly principled anti-fascists. And what they see in the Trump administration and what they see happening in this country, they see they see the neo-fascism that we see. And they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. I think that a lot of people recognize that when pushed, self-defense is a legitimate response to white supremacy and neo-Nazi violence. The problem is to equate the violence in reaction against bigotry with the bigotry itself is to misunderstand the fact that when you go to cancer treatment, the radiation is tough treatment, but it is meant to remove the cancer. There's a group of anti-fascists called the Black Bloc, which do tend to get violent. Their idea is, look, nonviolence hasn't worked and we are going to try to stop this. But they wouldn't have been there. They wouldn't have been anywhere near there had it not been for the fact that white supremacists, neo-Nazis were out scaring the living daylights out of most of the people in that town. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically, and and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. (laughs) Now, why would they defend Antifa? How about have we all forgotten the last four years? Have we forgotten the rhetoric against Donald Trump and violent rhetoric of the left? Because I, I, it's pretty fresh in my mind. Listen. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? <laughs> How dare he say the things he does? Of course I want to punch him in the face. Right. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. You see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. They go low, we kick them. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. I'll put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. They'll tear him up. The press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. Wow, I guess I guess they forgot to get outraged over those comments. And then, of course, you got the media, the mob. Well, let's downplay the 2020 uh, rioting that went on and the looting and the burning that took place. We'll just kind of downplay it a little bit, but... Boy, you wouldn't think uh, from this week and their feigned selective moral outrage and double standard uh, that these are even the same people from just a few months ago. Listen to the media Democrats, the mob. Respectfully, should that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. There's violence across the whole country. Do you disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now. There's riots. That's a myth. It's being spread only in Washington, D.C. About Antifa in Portland? Yes. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. This is a mostly protest. Uh, it is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly, but fires have been started. Perhaps this is 
uh, some sort of mechanism for a restructure in our country. All right, joining us now, we are joined by Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, opinion columnist for The Hill, the great Mark Simone, host of The Morning Show, our affiliate in New York, WOR. Thank you both for being with us. You know, Mark, you do it every day. I do it every day. Joe does it every day. You know, you point out this, this rampant hypocrisy. I mean, it's not that long ago. This, this all happened in the last four years. A lot of it happened last year alone, not even a full year ago. Well, that's the problem with your show. Too consistent. You've got to be like these guys. It's like a ping pong match. It's over there. Now he's over there. Now he's over there. You never know. Uh, I was watching that Chris Cuomo clip from uh, a while back when he said, why does the protest have to be peaceful? And he was defending the lawlessness and the craziness. We had uh, 126 protests. The first 125, which were far more violent, arson, looting, smashing, destroying statues, monuments, tens of thousands of businesses destroyed. They never said a word. You saw Jimmy Fallon with that uh, tearful speech about for a mob to get out of control. He was crying. When it happened in his own city, outside his own window, for months he never said a word. So uh, I I guess the only thing they're consistent about is just total inconsistency. Yeah, the total. The only thing consistent is the inconsistency, which is which is forever true. You know, Joe Concha, you you've been on radio and TV with me a lot over the last four years, and you know we've talked at length. We we exposed that they they pushed conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory. They lied to this country for three long years. Um, they have made excuses for even violent behavior and and showed no condemnation of violent rhetoric of the hard left or Hollywood or even within their own party. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? (laughs) Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? I I, I, I want to clarify, I'm not an actor. I lie for a living. Did you see anybody from that Donald Trump is a guy who none whatsoever. And now and, and all I of wanna... a sudden these things supposed to so supposedly we're supposed to believe this matters to them as they feign their new selective moral outrage. You ever see Naked Gun, the great Leslie Nielsen, he's a detective Frank Drevin. And You're aging yourself, Mr. Concha. You're aging I, yourself. Only 1988. That wasn't too long ago. <laughs> okay, ago. Reagan was president. Go ahead. Yeah, good point. Uh, so he accidentally uh, sets fire to a fireworks 
warehouse, and suddenly you just start to see all these explosions behind him, and a crowd starts to form, and he says, nothing to see here, please disperse. That's <laughs> yeah. Ali Velshi on MSNBC saying, these are mostly peaceful protests, and behind him it looks like... This fire's burning. The diehard. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a freaking inferno, right? And then even CNN has Chiron's, you know, mostly peaceful protests continue, and again, you see fire and chaos behind these people. I keep showing it. I, how are people not, like, flabbergasted by this? Well, that's the thing. I mean, this was the, uh, in terms of bias, it was literally right in front of you on your TV screen, and you're being told otherwise by the reporter. So the lie is right there in front of you. And I'll one up uh, the great Mark Simone on uh, Chris Cuomo. He once compared, had the audacity to compare Antifa to the Allied troops storming Normandy in D-Day because, you know, they're Jeez. both fighting fascism. No, I'm pretty sure it's not the same thing. The, the bottom line is that we're letting the extremes control the narrative at this point. And, and Mark Penn, who worked for uh, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, he was a, a chief strategist, he does some great polling, and he found that 76% of the country either describes themselves as moderate or conservative, so we're a right-of-center country. Yet if you watch our media, you would think we're completely liberal on everything, but again, it's that dis connect and it's making excuses for black lives matter and antifa during the summer and then being rightly outraged at what we saw at the capitol but without that keyword and mark used to be for consistency then no one trusts the messenger anymore how do they mark simone just just sort of like well you know just just sort of forget conveniently everything that they've done and said and all that they've supported over the last four years, and and they they act as though they didn't even say any of these things, or tell these lies, or spread these conspiracy theories, or support the attacks against Donald Trump. Most of which came from them uh, over this extended period of time. It's just about a narrative. As long you know, they they come up with the narrative. You don't have to execute it. You don't have to do it. Just give out the narrative and act like it happened. And uh, not not only do they not condemn any of these uh, rioters before. But uh, you remember the Harris campaign, the Biden campaign, people were contributing to the bail funds. There were right. six men accused of domestic violence. Kamala Harris was promoting that bail fund. To, you, you know, the, uh, Portland is still going on. The anarchy in Portland continues. And yesterday, protesters found the mayor in a cafe and hit him in the face. I haven't heard anybody mention that kind of stuff. It's total inconsistency. You know, it's like Joe Biden calling for unity. While, uh, while they're trying to prosecute the president, while they're trying to put him in a mental institution, while they're trying to sue him, arrest him, this is, this is a call for unity. It's just, give the narrative. You don't have to actually do it. Let me remind everybody what Kamala Harris had to say. Protests are not going to stop. This is during the summer she said all of this. She said it on uh, Colbert's show. Uh, they're not going to stop, and they shouldn't stop. Listen to this. But they're not no. going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And and everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is going to they're not going to stop before Election Day in November. And they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not. And we should not. They're not going to let up. They should not and will not. Wow. I mean, I mean, how do we characterize those comments or the fact that she was helping to raise money uh, for those that were arrested in, in Minneapolis during those riots? That's right, the bail fund. Uh, and 
since she almost took no questions leading up to Election Day, no one ever asked her uh, about that particular bail fund or about the fact that she sowed so much doubt in the vaccine, saying that, oh, well, if this comes out uh, in 2020, I'm not going to take it if Donald Trump says to take it, as if Donald Trump's in a lab making it somewhere, you know. Uh, She's made so many reckless statements already. And the fact that Joe Biden yesterday, with that speech, Mr. Unity, right, supposed to bring the country (laughs) together, says that, uh, well, if Black Lives Matter were involved in the Capitol siege, well, it would have been a lot different in terms of uh, police using guns a lot more. It's like, what, what are you doing? This has nothing to do with race. And, and yet he went through this whole litany of all these horrible things that he says Donald Trump did uh, badly over the last four years. I can't wait until, say, February or March when Biden actually have to answer for Biden and his administration and his ideas and his proposals. He promised that if Democrats took back the Senate, that the $2,000 checks would go out immediately. And you already got Joe Manchin saying, yeah, I'm not signing on to that. So suddenly he's going to run into a lot of problems despite having the House and the Senate and the Oval Office. And it's going to be a civil war within the Democratic Party because progressives and guys like Manchin aren't going to see eye to eye. And it's going to be quite entertaining to watch until the GOP takes back the House in 2022. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure how much ability he's truly going to have to stand up to the hard left in his party because they're the ones that helped elect this guy. If you want to believe that, you know, this guy got 80 million votes, I have a hard time believing that number. I don't see on that front Mark Simone, Joe Biden in any way is going to do anything but what the AOCs and the squad and and the Bernie Sanders are going to insist that he do. And I think it's going to be as bad as they as they telegraphed her in the campaign. I don't know. You know, uh, Democrats, uh, those crazy uh, Democrats may be in for a shock with old Swamp Joe. Uh, you notice the stock market, once they won everything on uh, Monday, uh, Tuesday, the stock market started soaring. Now, I hear that's because this administration, the Biden administration, has contacted everybody in banking, finance, Wall Street, to let them know everything's going to be okay for them, that they'll be taken care of. There'll be some corporate tax, but corporations don't pay the tax anyway. They just pass it along. So uh, they'll do a couple of little tiny symbolic crazy left-wing things just to keep the other side happy. But it's going to be swamp business as usual, Wall Street, banking, uh, big tech, big corporations will be taken care of again. It's a great observation, although Bloomberg had an article out today that said, uh, get ready because uh, taxes are going to be raised dramatically on, quote, the wealthy, you know, top 10 percent pay 70 whatever percent of the tax uh, money in this country top you know top 10 percent pay like 80 percent so they're already paying the money all right quick break right back we'll come back more with mark simone and joe concha on the other side on this friday hannity tonight we're going to remind everybody of the left-wing rhetoric and things that they have said and done the last four years it's fresh in my memory that's nine eastern on fox quick break right back more with them on the other side as we continue all right, 25 to the top of the hour, toll free, it's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, I've spent a, a lot of time in my life at like a Courtyard Marriott or a Hilton Garden, more time than I would prefer because you go on the road. My kids are, you know, into uh, athletics. We used to travel quite a bit and when they were younger. And, uh, you know, it was a big deal. One of the first things I always checked, all right, is, you know, what are the good restaurants in town? And whenever there was an Olive Garden, I'm like, all right, great. I love the Olive Garden. Unlimited salad, unlimited, you know, amounts of garlic, delicious breadsticks, sometimes unlimited pasta specials, 
you know, in some cases, I remember just starving myself all day because I'm going to Olive Garden tonight. And then for dessert, they have like these hot, it's sort of like donut things. And you, you they give you chocolate or caramel and you put it on top. I mean, it is with powdered sugar. It's just amazing. Loved it. Loved all of it. Well, apparently, it is not particularly up to speed when it comes to uh, fake news, CNN anchor, former Vanderbilt, I guess current Vanderbilt himself, Anderson Cooper. This is what he had to say about it. It's stunning, and they're going to go back, you know, to the Olive Garden and to their the Holiday Inn that they're staying at and the Garden Marriott, and they're going to have some drinks, and they're going to talk about the great day that they had in Washington, and they really did something and stand up for something, and they stood up for nothing other than mayhem. You're going to go back to the Olive Garden or the Holiday Inn or the, you know, he doesn't even know the names of the hotels. I'm like, wow. Not sure where does he do his fine dining, Nobu? I mean, most Americans don't dine there. I've never been there. I don't know any place. I know like two places in New York City where I go, and that's it. Unbelievable. And I have my steady restaurants here in Long Island. And by the way, one is just like the Olive Garden, except better. I mean, just a little bit better. I like the Olive Garden. Um, You go over to fake news MSDNC, and, and they're talking about, you know, Trump's ride or die base as a bunch of people with Nazi t shirts. So we've gone from Olive Garden eating, Olive Garden eating, um, Holiday Inn, Courtyard Marriott, Hilton Gardens, people, smelly Walmart shop, shoppers, irredeemable deplorables, people that cling to God, our guns, our Bibles, and our religion that are angry. And now I guess now we're a bunch of uh, ride or die people that wear Nazi T-shirts, according to MSDNC. He has the voters. We saw who the president's ride or die base is, Peter. It was a bunch of people wearing Nazi T-shirts, homemade fur pelts and horns. That is not the Republican Party. So as far as the president's kingmaker status, have we just realized it was maybe all just a marketing scheme? Because think about it. On his watch, yes, he won in 2016. But his party lost the House. They lost the White House. They lost the Senate. And... Think about his big reveal on Wednesday. We saw who his ride or die base are. A bunch of Nazis. And it just never ends. Anyway, we continue our analysis. Joe Concha, Fox News contributor. He writes on the media. Opinion columnist for The Hill. Mark Simone, host of The Morning Show on WOR. I will say this about Mark Simone. He's probably been to all those fancy (laughs) restaurants because he pretty much emcees every event that takes place in New York City. He's that connected it is it is part of his DNA. There's not a single person that doesn't know who Mark Simone is in New York City. Uh, oh. But I'm not sure, Mark Simone, that you dine at all these places on a regular basis. Maybe you do. Um, I do. But I'm kind of pretty sure. I'm just guessing here that you, you've been to Olive Garden, and I'm betting you probably like it. Actually, it was terrible when Anderson Cooper said that because it got me thinking about the Olive Garden. It's taken every ounce of strength not to go there because I don't want to start with those breadsticks. They got the best calamari, (laughs) shrimp dishes, and I don't know who does the photographs on the menu, but that guy's the greatest photographer in the world. I want him to do. By the way, is the one in Times Square still open? Yeah, curbside delivery, takeout, and of course they're all over in the great shopping malls, and there's a couple in Long Island, and I love that place. You know, when Anderson Cooper said that about lowlifes that would go to the Marriott or the Hilton Garden or the 
the Olive Garden, he, he didn't realize everybody in the room, all, all the crew, all the union guys, they love these places. He was insulting them right to their face. I don't know. If, I've, I've been on MSNBC. Whenever you're done, after the host yells at you, as you walk out, everybody on the crew, all the union guys, all the workers whisper in your ear, I agree with you, I agree with you. I don't think they realize how hated they are by their own crews over there. No, I think that, by the way, there's there's certain truth to that, too. I've, by the way, I've had people that hate every word I say when I work, by the way. Uh, but that's fine. Um, I don't know. You know, Joe, I'll be honest. And, and this is an honest feeling. So, you know, my kids would be in, you know, whatever city, state, small town we happen to be in. And, you know, I can't help it. I'm older and I take, you know, great delight in the little pleasure of life of eating. And, you know, I'd, I'd get to the town, get to where my courtyard Marriott is or Hilton Garden, get settled in, whatever we had to do, we'd do whatever, practice, whatever was going on that day. But one of the first things I would do is I would, I would check out and Google what restaurants are in town. And I mean this with all my heart. And if Olive Garden popped up, boom, we're going to the Olive Garden. That was it. Or Outback what? Steakhouse, another place. I'd be like, yes, touchdown. Whenever I go to Olive Garden, the first thing I uh, say to the waitress after I'm done with my meal, which is mainly breadsticks, uh, is my compliments to the microwave. I mean, they do great microwave there, no question. But uh, look, CNN, uh, I don't know if you knew this, what the acronym stands for, it's the Condescending News Network. And, And it's why so many people dislike the network on a personal level, because it's hard to find too many folks there that don't speak down to people. You know, they're the smartest people in the room, don't you know? And they're going to tell you exactly uh, how they feel about things, as Anderson Cooper did. Remember, he's the same guy. And he's called an anchor, by the way, which is hilarious. Just own it. You're an opinion host. And he called uh, the president an obese turtle just a month ago. You know, he's the funniest guy in the room, right? So uh, when he speaks like this, to Mark's point, uh, I guess the plan is for CNN to alienate, they already have, I suppose, so they, they probably don't even care anymore, uh, half the country when you say those things. And uh, again, it, it, they keep claiming to be the objective down the middle network. And clearly, it's almost impossible to tell the difference between MSNBC, CNN, and Media Matters as it pertains to the media team there. So, uh, look, that, that's what they have. And when, when the Donald Trump uh, is gone in, in two weeks and Joe Biden comes in and they settle in, it is going to be a ratings crash like we haven't seen since the 2008 financial crisis in terms of a number being in one place and going down to another. Because once you lose your central character, and that's all Donald Trump has been on that network for five years, they got nothing, and they can't go back to being the Bernard Shaw Gulf War CNN <laughs> because they got people like Anderson Cooper there to, to alienate their audience. Yeah, but let me tell you where it's also going to go. You're right. I mean, they'll get their first hundred days, and and I can predict the coverage. Mark Simone is going to be, oh, how great it is to have somebody with the integrity of the great Joe Biden. Of course, ignoring zero experience, Hunter ignoring the quid pro quo. Ignoring the Biden foreign family syndicate in China and Russia and Kazakhstan and Ukrainian oligarchs and Chinese national shopping sprees and the deal with the Bank of China. We're going to ignore all of that. It's going to be a relief. Yeah, and after 100 the- days of all of this relief, and they'll probably pledge we're not going to cover Donald Trump anymore. We're going to censor him just like big media, big tech. And then yeah, all of a sudden, their ratings, Joe's right. At some point, 100 days, maybe 120 days, I can't give the exact date, they're going to start tanking. And then they're going to realize that their daily dose of feigned outrage against Donald Trump um, and their hatred of this man fueled, 
you know, their entire uh, network for all this time. And I'm just guessing they're really going to miss this guy. Yeah, the big question is what will they do when there's a tremendous loss in ratings and then revenue and they got to do something and executives are going to get fired will they turn on biden will they start to go after hunter to save themselves i don't i don't know or will they keep up the uh the uh, plan no, they're going to go back they're going to pledge to stay away from all covering trump then they're going to be forced to cover him because they're going to need it's like it's like a drug to them now i mean there's going to be major withdrawal symptoms in all of them you know, and the media should be outraged about Facebook and Twitter uh, censoring Donald Trump. You know, when Alexander Graham Bell invented the phone, that was the most important invention. He changed the world. Can you imagine if he said, only people I agree with politically can use it. If I don't agree with you, I'm not giving you a phone and you can't talk on it. Imagine if a phone company did that. Why, why do we allow this? He's the commander-in-chief of the military. He's the uh, chief law enforcement officer of the United States. He's not allowed to speak on Facebook anymore. How is this allowed? It's, it's, it's insane. And how could the media just sit back? I don't care who it is. And allow something like that to happen in america Good here's point. how i see that evolving joe contra all right so they're going to silence the president on on social media big tech companies twitter facebook etc which by the way makes the case to eliminate their their liability protection as provided by section 230 they're silencing the president okay and they're silencing prominent conservatives and any conservative for that matter uh free speech is out the window it's not free in america uh, then it's the Simon and Schuster say no to Josh Hawley's book on this very topic. And then they're going to go back to their, you know, tried and true efforts, which is to silence every conservative voice, talk radio, uh, people like me, the few conservatives that we have on the Fox News channel. Just silence those guys and get rid of those guys, because that's all they've been trying to do now for years, pretty much throughout my entire career, if we're going to be blunt. And that's the thing, right? The slippery slope, when you say, all right, we're going to ban this guy from speaking on our platform, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, Snapchat, whatever. Then what do you do with, say, the leader of Iran who tweets out, often that Israel should be wiped off the map, or Chinese government officials that say the coronavirus was actually invented by the U.S. Army and now being weaponized. By the way, has any of that ever been censored? I don't recall that it was. No, that's the thing, right? So Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey from Twitter, they can say, well, this doesn't meet our standards. Well, uh, if that's the case, if we're talking about world leaders and government officials, then you've got to take those down, just like Maxine Waters, when she said, inciting violence, inciting riots, that if you see anybody from the Trump cabinet or administration you get up in their face, all right? That is a call to physically go after people, and we saw it time and again. It happened again uh, with Lindsey Graham just today. He was in an airport, and he started to get harassed by God knows who. So, yeah, when you start calling on people to get in the faces of government officials because you disagree with them, because God, God forbid if we actually disagree with some civility anymore, uh, th- this is the result. Maxine Waters, her account is just fine. So unless you're consistent with this, don't bother trying it at all, because it, it may look like it might have some bias and some action activism against one party. Of course they do. That's all they contributed to was the Biden campaign. And if you think that Section 230 is suddenly going to go away because Biden gets in, forget it, because the check's going to become due from all those donations and all those people from Silicon Valley that are now in the Biden administration, Sean. And, and, and look at look at Pelosi today, Mark Simone, you know, unhinged. Do I have to? No, you don't have to. But if you hear her today, if you somehow, you know, maybe you accidentally tuned into the show or TV tonight, you might hear something. 
Um, but unhinged as she is and and needing her her radical base as much as she does now more than ever because of the tight margin in the House. Um, but the move to neutralize America's nuclear strike force. OK, Russia's watching this. The Iranian mullahs are watching this. China's watching this. Every hostile regime and actor on the world stage is watching this. And. And and then they see Joe coming in, and if they see Joe the way I and many other people see him as weak and frail and seemingly compromised cognitively, um, what are they thinking about all of this? I would think that from their strategic geopolitical standpoint, they're probably liking what they perceive as a weakened America. Hey, it's just crazy. And, you know, you see these cabinet members leaving early. Now, I've heard off the record from some people, uh, no names, but they're leaving early because they don't want to get in the middle of whatever Schumer and Pelosi are plotting with some crazy 25th Amendment thing. They don't want to be there for any of that. They don't know what these people are going to try to pull next. Uh, the nuclear codes are fine. They have, this is the most anti-war president we have ever had. He's the first president that didn't send a single troop anywhere uh, we've got nothing to worry about. Who's been more pro-war than Joe Biden from uh, Iraq to whatever? But uh, it, it's uh, a week and a couple of days. Just calm down if you're Pelosi and Schumer. He's leaving. Don't be sore winners. Just let it go. Yeah, okay. That's not that's not possible. Anyway, um, anyway I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you both for being with us. Mark Simone, WOR New York, and uh, Joe Concha. Uh, we appreciate both of you being with us. We're going to do a great history lesson reminder tonight on Hannity because those so sanctimonious and self-righteous, the damage that they've done um, is real. And they just think that they're so superior. And meanwhile, ignoring the 99% of good people that went to Washington this week. And we've got to get the other people, those that, those that you know, raided the Capitol, they're, they're, there's going to be justice. Maybe we can even get justice for the deep state actors, too, while we're at it. You know, I'm, I'm watching and watching, and I'm like, wow. I, it's, it almost takes your breath away. Not only all the things we discussed the last hour about what they would like to have happen, and that is that Donald Trump never speak again, and they forget the things that they have said, that they have done for the last four years as if it's it never occurred. I mean, it's kind of breathtaking to be very blunt and to be very honest with you. But if you think of all of these big tech companies now have decided what you can and cannot read it's it's a form of censorship. Now, remember, the president is saying get rid of Section 230, which would which would then take away the immunity for liability that companies like Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, have because they're, they're not content providers any longer. But they literally at that point become um, editors, just like newspapers, newspapers and, and TV stations and news networks. They, they don't have the same liability protection as Twitter and Facebook and all these other groups. And anyway, it's 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 kind of amazing to watch all of that happen. Then, of course, we're, we're going to cancel Josh Hawley's book. Just cancel it, which is about this very topic. It just so happens. And look, this is something that as a conservative on radio and TV. And let me let me stop here and promise all of you, I'm not changing. I am who I am, and I'm not changing. And But I can tell you the things that we deal with behind the scenes and have for many, 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 many years 
is nothing short of an effort to silence, to get fired, to remove advertisers and boycotts just because they don't like a conservative point of view. Julie Kelly, political commentator, senior contributor to American Greatness, author of Disloyal Opposition, and Craig Marshall, special counsel to the American Center for Law and Justice. Guys, what do you think here? We are, uh, Sean, we are part of uh, the apocalyptic cancel culture movement. And unfortunately, when you've got these uh, mega monolithic, monopolistic uh, Silicon Valley giants like Facebook, Google, Amazon, Twitter, Apple, that control information, they've joined uh, partnership with the mainstream media, and now Capitol Hill is tilting only in one direction as a result of an election. Uh, this is a threat to the republic. No questions asked. Craig, you're, honestly, you're just exactly right here. What you're what you're pointing out is something, you know, you as an expert in the law, you deal with these platforms all the time. You deal with it every day. Let me ask you, though, as a lawyer, is there is there any other recourse that people can take? In other words, are you finding that people are coming to you that are being silenced and suppressed and demonetized in this case? In fact, uh, this is comprising the majority of work that I'm doing both for the American Center for Law and Justice and the American Principles Project, both on on Internet free speech issues. And it's not just Craig Parshall uh, opining about this. More and more folks on Capitol Hill on both sides of the aisle are saying this is a gigantic problem and a threat because they are monopolies. By the way, uh, Section 230 passed by Congress in 1996 before they understood that these companies would become monopolies and then start controlling uh, not only information and opinions, but tilting elections as a result. Um, uh, This has to be changed, and I think it will be. Interestingly, regardless of the election, this is a bipartisan issue on Capitol Hill because lawmakers on both sides are worried about it. By the way, this is inside information I want to share. And next week, a blockbuster bombshell bill is going to be introduced in the House uh, of Representatives by Representative Greg Stubbe called the Case It Act, as in you can bring a case against them if this bill passes. Right now, you can't. They have immunity from lawsuits. If this bill passes, Silicon Valley will have shockwaves because they will once and for all be responsible in courts of law to those of us who are censored or suppressed for viewpoint purposes. You know, Craig, you're bringing up so many, so many good points. Julie, I want to bring you in here. I know you wrote the book, Disloyal Opposition, how the never Trump right tried and failed to take down the president. When, when we see a social media platform, you know, the names of them all literally silencing like Twitter, like Facebook, a president of the United States is, you know, in the case of Twitter, his Twitter handle as a means of communicating with the American people, just like you couldn't even print the New York Post story about the Biden syndicate and, and Hunter's laptop. You know, what can you say about that? Well, Sean, we've talked about this before. I've written about this the last few months. A bigger problem is that this is straight up election interference from these big tech Democratic Party Silicon Valley oligarchs. We saw this with their platform starting in September when they started to roll out all of these policies related to tagging or flagging or banning posts that question uh, mail-in ballots and absentee ballots. So it, they have really contributed 
how could you even calculate it, Sean? Uh, hundreds of billions of dollars, maybe, in free, uh, illegal, by the way, in-kind campaign donations to the Democratic Party, to Joe Biden. And so we just see this as a continuum. I think what happened is, you know, the Democrats are aware that so many Republicans and about 37 percent of independents view this election as illegitimate. They think that Joe Biden was uh, not fairly elected because of all of the illegalities related to mail-in and absentee ballots. So that's what they're trying to shut down now. They are gaslighting and exploiting the events on Wednesday to do that. Republicans and never Trumpers, of course, are going along. And so they are creating a really dangerous uh, situation that they really started several months ago. When we look at how easy it's been to to silence voices that confront or contradict their narrative, if you will, they just completely shut us down. I mean, that's that's the big problem. My friend Dan Bongino yesterday was talking about how his Twitter was completely shut down. And now, by the way, he's on Parler exclusively. By the way, we are on Parler as well. But then you add to that Google, you add to that Apple, and they're saying they aren't even going to support that platform. So now they want to take down a platform because it's co- it completely allows them to do what they're doing. And, you know, how, how do we get around this? I don't know how we get around that. I mean, Parler is, is a good platform. It's sort of new. Obviously, all of us are over there right now. But this, these bullying totalitarian tactics that they're using, and look, they have the biggest voices behind them. We saw what Michelle Obama released yesterday, begging social media platforms to uh, ban uh, Donald Trump. We, we see Mark Zuckerberg in his statement, hilarious statement about we can't undermine the peaceful transfer of power. Hello, that hasn't even happened in the past five years. You know, where was Facebook deplatforming people and banning content about the imaginary Russian collusion hoax? I mean, we could go on and on. And so you have these really powerful people behind that fueling it. Um, You know, some people were raising today's trouble that Trump could be in. I mean, they could refuse to allow people to, you know, go to his hotels or, or register to stay at his hotel. All of his businesses, how they could try to deplatform those as well. So it's it's really scary territory. Craig, I have a question about another server, you know, having another platform. In other words, what does that mean? What are the legal implications, if you will, for a Google or an Apple if they say, no, we're not going to do this? You know, in other words, is there any recourse? They're, They're private companies, but at this point they're serving on a global scale with a massive reach. They're allowed to what? Silence anybody they just don't like. Is there something in the law that would prohibit them from from doing this so they can, can they just get away with that? Well, let's take a look, first of all, uh, keying off of what Julie had talked about in terms of uh, in-kind contributions to the Democratic Party through their efforts to support only, uh, uh, excuse me, support only Democrats and to suppress uh, only conservatives and Republicans. I filed a complaint with the Federal Elections Commission over this last election on behalf of American Principles Project, whose advertisements were uh, stifled by Facebook uh, as a result of their political bent. Uh, And we showed with data in our complaint the fact that the election in the state of Michigan, as an example, for or against Trump or Biden, as well as the Democratic senator, likely would have changed had these advertisements been allowed to to be uh, aired over their platform. That's the election impact. Now, problem, the Federal Election Commission and all other federal agencies are now going to be under control 
of the Biden administration. There's a problem there. Section 230, as I mentioned, uh, gives them almost complete legal liability unless uh, a law like the Kasich Act by uh, Representative Stubbe gets passed. Uh, there's going to be a, a real cat fight in both houses on that. Uh, but there is also bipartisan support. Something has to be done. Uh, in terms of parlor, I'm on there. Uh, a lot of us are on there. It will take probably a year or two or more for them to gain the traction they need to have the influence coming anywhere near Facebook, uh, which has a, a global scale in terms of its support. Now, there are antitrust lawsuits filed by the Department of Justice still pending. But again, again, uh, against Facebook and Twitter and, and Google and others. But we now have a Biden administration that's going to be controlling the Department of Justice, who is investigating and prosecuting. So it all gets down to campaign uh, integrity. That is, uh, do we have an election system now that gives us a, a real honest uh, confidence in the fact that when we go into a voting booth, we put the people we want in and the majority will rule? We don't have that confidence. So I think shows like uh, Sean Hannity's and others, the alternate media needs to fight for its existence because that's the only place people are going to get the truth and the real facts. So we talk about Section 230. Now, Craig, you, you're incredibly versed on on this. You, you wrote a piece about it, uh, about the bill in particular, as a matter of fact. But people are kind of misunderstanding what it can do and what it should do. Can you kind of delve into that a bit? Now, Section 230 was passed as part of the Communications Decency Act, which was trying to clean up the Internet because in 1996, when it was passed, people in Congress saw the potential for a lot of scandalous and harmful things, particularly for families and children, going on in the Internet. But they also wanted to uh, stimulate, uh, incentivize these new startup companies in Silicon Valley so that we would grow the Internet. They wanted to do both things. So what they did is said, look, we're going to give a legal immunity to these uh, Internet, what we call platforms. They're not newspapers. They didn't come into the Internet business in order to be content providers. We, you and I and Julie and Sean Hannity, were the editors-in-chief of our own content that's simply on their publishing or dissemination platform. It's really the 21st and 20th century version of the printing press. Uh, they simply disseminate this, and they use our data, of course, which has value to them, and in return, uh, we get the opportunity to have our content distributed. Well, it doesn't work that way when they decide from time to time to be editors-in-chief and say, no, your content we don't like, and we're going to strike it down. They're private businesses, so the First Amendment technically does not apply uh, to protect our right of free speech, and that's going to change. Again, if, if some of these bills get passed, and there are a, a, really a flotilla of them right floating around Capitol Hill right now, one is Greg Stubbe's uh, representative from Florida, but there are many others. Uh, if these get passed, then suddenly these monopolies will have some responsibility in courts of law for you and me, advocacy organizations, businesses will be able to sue them for the first time since 1996 and actually prevail. Now, they're worth billions and trillions of dollars, but you get enough of these lawsuits, particularly class action lawsuits, and I think we could bring them to heel. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with uh, Julie Kelly and Craig Parshell on the other side. Later on, we'll get to your calls and much more. All right, so Julie, Craig, we have about a minute left. Uh, welcome back, by the way. Um, now, so Stubbe's bill, the, the Republican out of Florida, he, he's taking a good look at, at 
Section 230 immunity. And he's looked at the New York Post, for example, before the election and and some of their behavior and the shutting down of Kaylee McEnany and how they censored on Ukraine. And, you know, you've written a ton on this. What what is the platform speech? In other words, on, on which you think this needs to happen. So in other words, so that the Section 230 is not manipulated. I would defer to Craig. I'm so happy to hear his optimism about it because I'm less optimistic. All I will say is, uh, as we finish up here, what another lost opportunity this was to bring the reforms to big tech that were needed. The Republicans, when they had the House and Senate, but certainly when they had the Senate, made a lot of noise about reforms to 230. It was another lost opportunity when they had control. So uh, I hope what, that what Craig is saying, I I, I sure that he's right. Uh, Greg Stubbe is a great congressman. Uh, hopefully they can find some bipartisan work there um, because something has to change. All right. Quick last thought. What, what do you think if all conservatives just decided to have a, a exit, like exit, exit? In other words, you know, in other words, people just run over to parlor and rumble and just say, see you to the rest of these people. Well, uh, you know, a lot of us are tempted to do it. A lot of us have changed over. Uh, to parlor, but continue to use uh, Facebook and Twitter. And we do that uh, through gritted teeth because it's the biggest platform for our information and opinions to get out. If we don't continue to do both things, if we just pick the new startups that, that are like uh, uh, Parler and others that are doing great work but are very small, we are going to essentially uh, silence ourselves out of the marketplace of debate, and I don't think that's a good thing. All right, Julie Kelly, thank you. Craig Parshall, thank you. Can't thank you enough. We're going to uh, take our dollars and our movement to other platforms. I mean, I'm, I'm starting it. By the way, when you go on Twitter, just always hashtag Parler. So it's a smooth transition, and you're telling other people where you're going. Quick break, right back. Top of the hour on this uh, Friday. You know, we're going to take a little trip down memory lane in the last four years of violent, insane lies, conspiracy theories, calls for violence. Uh, that the media did not feign outrage at, just so everybody could know. And the Democratic Party, oh, they said nothing. And and this is this this has been the great hypocrisy that is all things radical left, Democratic Party, media mob in sync as one. Now add big tech to the equation. Uh, these are insane times we're living in. I'll tell you that. Just nuts. Jim is in Texas. Jim, well, it's a little saner down there. How are you, sir? Fine, Sean. Great show, man. Thanks, brother. Uh, What's going I, on? I was well. I was calling because I had a question about. I don't want to see Joe Biden become president when he's a criminal. They went after Don, or, uh, Donald Trump for almost a year for quid pro quo with Ukraine, but yet Biden can go on national television and laugh about the fact that he was that was held a hundred million dollars from Ukraine unless they fired this attorney going after Burisma and his son. I don't you know, understand. Look, it, it was the, the law, great hypocrisy of this. And it's not just that. I mean, they ignored the Hillary dirty dossier. They ignored the unverifiable dossier and premeditated fraud on a FISA court to spy on a presidential candidate and a president. Um, the hypocrisy over Russia. OK, that's what Hillary. But it also is Hunter Biden's the, the wire transfer of three and a half million dollars from a, a Russian oligarch, the first lady of Moscow. And the same with uh, Ukraine and the same with Kazakhstan. And the same uh, thing happening with China and Chinese. Now, I, I mean, there's no shortage of madness here, Jim. And, and you know, it's funny because I think we're, we're really almost, there's not many of us to call this out. You do know that, right? 
No, I do know that. And that's what bothers me is that, you know, they don't call that out. They don't allow them to go and check out the election as to why there was fraud in maybe five states. Why would they not just be willing both sides of the aisle to check that out to be sure it's legitimate, number one? But more importantly, with, with Biden, it's the law. Why? How can we not have somebody say, go arrest this person for quid pro quo since we have his own admission on national television? It makes no sense. And I'm trying to figure out a way to get that done. Listen, you're you're. You're somebody that has a sense of decency, honor, fairness, and you don't have double standards. You know, like I condemned, for example, violence this summer. I condemned it this week, too. I don't want to see this for our country. There's ways to prevent this. There's peaceful protesting. That, that was the 99%. But for them to, you know, deny, I think an awful, it started with, I think an awful lot about blowing up the White House, and it went down. I want to punch him in the face. I want to take him behind the schoolyard and 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 fight Donald Trump. Everyone seems to forget, and and they don't do it. It's not that they don't know. I don't think they want to. Politics trumps everything. No pun intended. It's the ends justifies the means, and a lot of this right. effort now, this this feigned outrage, is just the latest in what has been four and a half, five years now of an attempt to delegitimize and, and in this case, prevent anybody from ever wanting to publicly support Donald Trump. Have you or will you ever have you ever been? Are you now or have you ever been a Donald Trump supporter? Um, that's where they're headed. But meanwhile, they ignore their own, you know, their own rhetoric, their own supporters and the things that they've said and the things that they've done. I mean, that's what I'm putting on TV tonight. This, you know, nobody else will do it. I guess I have to. But I'll tell you, it's uh the tough times for this country. Buckle up. It's going to get it's going to be bumpy. I can promise that, Jim. Thank you for a good call. Uh, back to our phones. Let us say hi to Bill is in North Carolina. What's up, Bill? How are you, sir? Sean, I'm wonderful. You're a great American. You too, sir. Thank you. I'm one of the uh, 74 plus million ticked off patriots over what's going on in our country. I so much want to believe that what our president is telling us is true. Here's my problem. The Republicans don't know how to fight. And when I see John Durham, you know, he was going to investigate. Where, where's he been hiding? We haven't seen hiding or hair of him. The election's come and gone. We're getting kicked. We're down. 74 plus million of us are really ticked off. So where's John Durham? Better yet, Sidney Powell supposedly has the evidence to prove the algorithms were tainted to give Biden all these votes. They have the evidence. Rudy Giuliani stood in front of hundreds of thousands of Americans right before the president took stage with an expert. They've got the evidence. Where's the evidence? How are we ever going to overcome this chaos, this hypocrisy, and let Schumer and Pelosi get away and, and Hillary Clinton get away with what they're doing to us? If they have the evidence, produce it. It's Every day that goes by, it's too late. What yesterday, look, the president said yesterday, every single remedy he fought for, they've been denied. The courts don't want to deal with it. You got to understand it. And the one court that very bravely did the Supreme Court in the state of Wisconsin, it, it ended up being a three, four decision. But the beatdown and the dissent by the by the chief justice was something you don't see very much from any Supreme Court. And you, you, you got to understand what's at play here. They're not seeking truth. They don't listen. As long as they win, they don't care what whether or not laws were violated. The Constitution was violated. 
You know, I don't I don't I think it's hard for reasonable, good people to understand, well, why didn't we, uh, you know, listen to the state law of Michigan or Wisconsin? Why did we have two standards for signature verification in Georgia? Why, you know, why was the Pennsylvania Constitution ignored? Good people, you know, don't comprehend it because it's so antithetical to who they are and what they believe. And, you know, the answer is now going to be going forward. I can tell you right now, if we don't fix America's broken, busted down election laws. And by the way, we've had to fix it in recent times. The state of Florida, you know, exhibit A. But if you put your mind towards it, you can fix it so that people have faith, confidence, believe in the integrity of the election, confident in the results. That's where we got to go. And, you know, this idea that, you know, they've gone after this guy with lies and hoaxes and conspiracy theories. There's been violent rhetoric and not a word from these very people that that now want to paint with a broad brush. You know, 99 percent of the people at the rally this week in Washington did not go storm the Capitol. They went away. We've had people call this program. No, I saw what was happening. I got the hell out of there. Um, back to our phones. Uh, let's say hi to Phil is in Long Island, New York. What's up, Phil? How are you? Hey, Sean. How are you? Good to speak to you. What's yeah, up, my fellow yeah. Long Islander? How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I'm, I'm making fun of myself, people, too. Don't worry. I, I don't worry. I'm one of those people in the broad brush, and I feel horrible. You know, when we left, you know, after the speeches and we went to the Capitol, you know, some people didn't go to the front of the Capitol. Some people went on the side where the train station is because it was more convenient. And on the back sure. side... If you look at the video on the backside, there's nobody attacking Capitol Police. They're standing on the Senate steps, the Senate side, I believe it is, and nobody's attacking them. They're standing there. If you look on the, the, the congressional side where Congress meets, there was people on the staircase there already, and nobody was attacking any police. And when I went up the stairs, there was four Capitol Police standing by a broken window, and a couple of kids came by with megaphones and tried to incite the people and said, there's only four of them over there you could take that window. And I said to those kids, what are you doing? You're inciting here. And, and they just looked at me and walked away, and they didn't belong in that crowd. And then after that, some other people started spraying whatever it was to make our eyes burn, and it wasn't the Capitol Police. There was people there looking to incite. And no matter what, nobody went after those police. If you look at all the footage on the back side of the Capitol facing the Supreme Court, there was no Capitol Police being attacked. There was no vandalism. There was no breaking and entry. Everybody on that side was lawful and had no idea, at least I had no idea what was going on the other side. And then all of a sudden, the big brass door opened. It opened from the inside. No windows were broken. Somebody opened that door from the inside, and then people were pretty much stampeded in. It was almost like Walmart on Black Friday morning years ago. So for all the people that were there peacefully protesting and, and being maligned as traitors and insurgents, that's, that's very hard to hear because we've been standing up for this country our whole life. So veterans, people in their 60s, grandparents, I stood there with them, and there was people that infiltrated that crowd and caused all that problems, and they weren't Trump supporters. By no way. How did they come with gas masks? They brought milk with them. How did they know to bring milk with them to pour it in their eyes when they got sprayed? They were in combat gear. They were in Trump supporters. Those, that was either Antifa or somebody there stirring a the pot. But I witnessed that if you go through all that footage on the backside of the Capitol, 
No Capitol Police were being attacked. There was no vandalism. Nobody breaking an entry. Nobody storming windows. And I stood by after those brats said that, and I made sure those cops didn't get attacked. This hurts to be considered something we're not. It's gone on for there? over four years now. But Sean, they're saying we, we, we were criminals. We weren't criminals. We were protesting peacefully. And people came in there and started Listen, that. And people just look at the footage on the back of the friggin' building, and they'll see no capital cops were being attacked. I would never let that happen. I was a Marine. I was a Boy Scout. I would never let that happen. I know that. And these, I, listen, listen, I, I, I get it. I understand. I really, more than you, you may know, it's hard when you're lied about. It really is. And, and, it, and it hurts. And then when you get painted with a broad brush and blame for things that other people did, you know, all throughout our coverage of the deep state and those that abuse power, fill and and were corrupt. How often, uh, if you're a regular listener or viewer of Hannity, how often did I always go out of my way to point out not the 99% that are good people, not the 99% in our intelligence community? I did it on purpose. I had an FBI pin on my lapel and, a, and an intelligence pin on my lapel for a reason, for the good people. I did, I did, because I didn't want good people tainted with a broad brush. And yeah, there were some bad actors at the Capitol, this can't happen in America. I'm shocked. A, we didn't have any security ready. It's 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 so derelict in that duty. That's number one because people knew hundreds of thousands of people were there. You could pretty much assume there's agitators in any a crowd, and you should prepare for it. They did. They were ill prepared. No, I mean they breached in minutes. And then the second thing is, is for the 99 percent that came, and I. I tried to explain as best I could why people like yourself were there. Then you get painted with a broad brush. It's not fair and it's not just, and it's not right, but it's been happening now for five years. And I can tell you, I live it every day. I mean, you know, I have, I have the New York toilet paper times falsely accusing me pretty much of murder. You know, when it came to, you know, COVID, when it was clear that I took it more seriously than them, they were saying, who says it's not okay to travel to China after the president's travel ban? You know, I accepted, I entered this public life, you know, uh, th this was my choice, but people that are at a protest or at a rally, you know, that just are there to do it lawfully and legally, you don't deserve this world I live in. Not a good world to be in, trust me. Anyway, my heart goes out to you, Phil. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, sure, I just want to say one thing. There were no barricades on that backside. We just walked right up the street and right into the backside of the Capitol where the cars pulling for, with the senators when they drive in and, and the Congress, Congress people from Congress. Nobody standing there told us to, not to come in, not to come in. Nobody bum-rushed barricades. You could just walk up freely, and nobody said one word, and that's exactly what happened. Everybody just walked up to the back. Listen, nobody I saw one moment, a video that went viral on Twitter, where literally the, the people that were at the gate, they just... They opened it themselves to let people in. I saw it with yeah, my I own mean, eyes. And, I, I mean, I you know, and, I and I'll tell you, know, of course, there's agitators in these groups. I, you know, we, I'm waiting for till I can get a full and comprehensive report. But we're beginning to get a good picture and idea of, of people that were there to purposely agitate uh, that had agendas. And and some no, they weren't MAGA people. But listen, you know, the fight for liberty and freedom, Phil, it never stops. You got you, you to gotta understand that patriotic Americans need to stay in the fight. 
We can't back down in, in terms of our core beliefs. Trey Gowdy, well, what are the beliefs of conservatives? Trey, it's easy. America first, secure borders, uh, in, increased manufacturing at home, energy independence, better trade deals, strong national defense, peace through strength. It's not that complicated, and everybody knows it. And people that will we should elect that will will battle for these ideas, fight for these ideas. Nobody advocates violence, and um, it's just you know all the way around. And you see the hypocrisy. It's never been this bad ever. All right, special edition Hannity tonight. We're going to go through. And we're just going to prove what absolute hypocrites on the deepest level, the mob is, the media, and, of course, the Democratic Party. I, I mean, I don't think anybody else will do it. And while full Rick Grinnell will join us, Charlie Hurt will join us tonight, we got a, we got a whole lot to show you. You may even want to roll tape until you have this, including Joe Concha, Tammy Bruce. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend. We'll be back here on Monday.